This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, if you've ever been bumped from a flight or stuck on the tarmac for hours, help is on the way. Transport Minister Mark Garneau has just unveiled details of the government's long-promised Passenger Bill of Rights. And as you heard in Bob's news, air passengers who are bumped from overbooked flights or who are forced to sit through long delays could receive up to $2,400 under the proposed regulations for the government's promised bill. And there's a minimum of 400 bucks for a three-hour delay, 1000 for a nine-hour delay, and on it goes. These are draft regulations, and the Canadian Transportation Agency wants your input, as do we. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And by the way, the regulations would also force the airlines to automatically seat children under the age of 14 next to their parents, rather than requiring them to pay an additional fee to select their own seats. And also, as Bob pointed out, Delays caused by weather-related problems and other unforeseen events will not be covered. So is this package enough? Right now, we go to Ken Wong, who is an associate professor at Queen's University in specialty consumer behavior, and Heather Craig Petty, who is VP for Advocacy for the Canadian Association of Travel Agencies. Thank you both for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Okay. Uh, Ken, uh, what do you make of this package? you like it? Well, um, I think the devil is in the details. Uh, we still have to see what this uh, scale is uh, of compensation. Uh, I, I think it's certainly a move in the right direction. Uh, at the same time, though, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's complete uh, in its coverage. Uh, it doesn't cover things like refund policies. Uh, it doesn't talk about a, a clearer statement of regulations and restrictions. Uh, you know, we impose this on banks with lending policies. For some reason, airlines can still send us six or seven pages of verbiage uh, along with our ticket. And I don't think there's enough uh, mentioned on lost and damaged baggage rights. Uh, right now, if your bag is lost or damaged, uh, the airline is the uh, the judge and jury as to your entitlement to uh, uh, any kind of compensation. Um, that certainly doesn't seem appropriate to me. Heather, your initial reaction? Well, I would agree that uh, this is certainly uh, a a step in the right direction and uh, addresses um, many of the points that we raised in in, uh, our um, submissions to the the government as well as the the Canadian Transportation Agency. So uh, we we do see it as uh, being very positive. 
Okay. Uh, hang on, guys. Uh, on the line, we have Charlene. And uh, Charlene, you want to tell us about your nightmare that lasted for six hours? We're all ears. Yes. Okay. I was uh, flying down to California for a, a bar mitzvah back some years ago. I think it was 2011 or something like that. And we were delayed six hours. We, we were told the flight was going to be delayed, and then finally I'm relieved because they're putting us on the plane. I'm sitting there, you know, on the tarmac for a bit watching, I don't know, Charlie Chaplin or something. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, you have to get off the plane again. I mean, get off the plane. So we have to get there, and, you know, and we have to all get off and go back to our spots, and, the, you know, we're waiting for the plane. And um, they didn't know when we were going to go, and I thought, I've got to be down here. Tomorrow is uh, the, the bar mitzvah. I want to be down, you know, the day before for some of the first for the first activities of the weekend, but which I missed. And it, it was so frustrating, and you couldn't do anything. I mean, I obviously am not going to get mad and threaten the, the staff, obviously. So what do you do? It was just driving me crazy. I mean, they and they did compensate us by giving us, I don't know, $10 for a meal. Are you and, kidding me? Ten bucks? Huh? Uh, Ten bucks? Yeah. Thanks so a lot. We were told, you know, you can go off. That won't somebody. even buy you a sandwich in the airport. Nah, it was enough for me to get lunch. I'm very thrifty. <laughs> and they also give a, gave us, I think, uh, they gave us $50 compensation and maybe a free flight somewhere else, but still. Yeah, I mean, um, let's get back to uh, our uh, panelists. I mean, one of the issues when this happens is that often you have people who are flying for a specific event, like a bar mitzvah or a wedding or a christening, whatever it happens to be, and, and they've booked vacation. You know, maybe they don't have that much vacation, and they've spent the money, and the result is that they, they miss the event that, that, that they're taking the flight for. Well, I, I, I think this raises a, an interesting uh, a set of questions about extent of responsibility. Uh, oftentimes when flights like this are canceled uh, or delayed excessively, uh, the, the traveler is still incurring hotel expenses. They may miss their reservation, for example. Exactly. And because it's the day of the, uh, of the flight or the day of the reservation, it's too late to get compensation. Uh, similarly with car rentals, if you... Uh, if you use any of these uh, uh, more discounted agencies, uh, their so-called special deals are non-refundable. Um, uh, it, this really creates a series of difficulties and expenses for the traveler. And for the business traveler, it's no better because, of course, you can't claim a hotel room that you haven't used. And so you may be forced to eat that one out of your pocket. Uh, yeah. Let me try to get a, a sense, uh, Heather. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck on the tarmac, is that the airline's fault? Is that the airport's fault? What, what What's happening with that? Well, I think it's important to note that, that first of all, for the vast majority of air, traveler, uh, air travel, customers are satisfied uh, with their travel experience. Uh, and, and it does tend to be those exceptions, uh, and, and hence why the, the rights are, are, will be in place. Uh, for those exceptions, um, and, and um, for um, uh, the, um, the 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 delays, um, uh, and and and, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, Libby, your your specific question related to um, the the uh, the tarmac, the tarmac. Yes, I know. Um, 
that it does seem reasonable that the um, the three hours uh, delay is is uh, what has been um, suggested, and and certainly that's what um, uh, was was in our recommendations as well. There are the the key is that there are many stakeholders also at play. So uh, there are times where it is the uh, the it is the airline, um, uh, the, um, but there's also uh, the security. There's air traffic control. Uh, overall, uh, travel is is complex, and and there are there are, are many stakeholders involved and in the in the whole customer journey. So, Ken Wong, is it is it fair to saddle with the the airlines with this? I mean, it, it, you know, if it's not their fault, all of these delays. Well, obviously, you, you can't fault the airline if it's an airport problem. Uh, presumably, that's something else that could be uh, uh, that could be uh, uh, included in this legislation uh, is something to cover off uh, uh, those those problems that are a cons- consequence of the airline of the airport's uh, lack of capability. Uh, I do want to mention that, that you know while uh, these complaints may be the exception. Uh, the reality is that they are up some ten times over the last five years, according to the last report I saw. They are not. Uh, they are not that rare at all. I mean, I mean, come on. Everybody has a story or a story by someone close to them. And uh, Charlene, before we let you go, when you were stuck on the tarmac, uh, I mean. Uh, was the air in the plane okay? Yeah. Uh, the wa- yeah, because that's another thing that Mark Garneau is looking for from the airlines. And that is, uh, he wants to make sure that conditions are okay. I mean, I remember a couple of times being stuck for hours on a plane, and there's no food, and, uh, you know, um, it just really a bad situation. But you were okay there, Charlene. Yes, but the whole delay thing was, I think the plane was coming from somewhere else, and it was late, and then they had to observe union rules and relieve the staff from that plane and, and, and call other staff, like, on an emergency basis to get here right away to, to man this flight. So we had to wait for the staff changeover. That was part of the problem. It was awful. It was bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, they should be able to uh, deal with their staffing on their own. Charlene, thanks very much for your call. Oh, okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, people, I just want to give the numbers out again because we do want to hear from you. What do you think? Are these rules, as far as you can see, enough? Or do you think we need more? And if you have some horror stories that you would like to share, please give us a shout. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm talking to Ken Wong, who is Associate Professor at Queen's University and Heather Craig Petty from uh, the Association of Travel Agents. Uh, And uh, we're talking about this new Bill of Rights. Uh, Ken, do you think that this would be enough to change the way airlines overbook? I mean, just seems to me sometimes they just seem to be completely cavalier about the way they do it. Yeah, you know, it it would seem that way. Um, And uh, and certainly this is not to justify the airlines uh, practices with respect to overbooking and the like. But in a sense, we consumers are, are, uh, are somewhat responsible for this as well. Uh, our insistence on flying on the lowest cost airline uh, really puts the air, airline's costs under uh, considerable challenge. 
and really forces them to do some things in order to manage their own economics. Um, personally, I would prefer to see this, this Bill of Rights there, and if there is higher cost required, uh, the government estimates it's only $2 or $2.75 a person. I wouldn't mind paying that uh, in order to receive a, a more complete set of rights. Well, you know, one thing I noticed with overbooking is that if you've paid the extra to actually get a seat, uh, you tend not to be overbooked, uh, not to be thrown off. It's people who haven't booked a seat that get thrown off, though I just find it odd the whole concept of buying a flight ticket, but that doesn't include a seat on the plane. To me, like, that's, uh, I don't know, seems kind of wacky. Well, it is wacky, <laughs> and it's particularly punitive for the uh, the less frequent traveler. Uh, you know, the, the person who travels a lot knows these things. Uh, you know, it's worth $11 to be guaranteed a seat. It's worth checking in early and so on. $11? It's a lot more than that for some seats. Well, depending on the seat you choose. Uh, but I'm just suggesting to you that I, I think the frequent traveler knows how to work the system. The less frequent traveler, and that's the person for whom they're traveling probably to a bar mitzvah or for a vacation, uh, that's the person who really gets victimized here. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I had a, a story, um wasn't that recently now, but, but we, we took our nephew to New York, and he came from a different place uh, as, you know, a kind of a graduation present. And it's the same thing. He hadn't booked a seat. He wasn't paying extra for a seat, and he got bumped. And uh, there went quite a portion of that weekend because he had to wait. Absolutely. Well, this comes back to, I think, a clear statement by the airlines of what their policies are. Oh, uh, yeah. If tell they're going to have a policy like that, they they should be upfront about it. Okay. Yes. Um, what uh, what other kinds of uh, you know clearer policies would you like to see? Uh, certainly on refunds. Uh, you know, one of the ways in which they offer lower price tickets is by imposing a number of restrictions on refunds. Uh, so, for example, if you book um, a, uh, a a fare class that has a non refundable ticket but you have to make a change to that ticket. Uh, What currently happens is the airline charges you $100 to make the change. Uh, And then in addition to that, they issue you a new ticket. Um, And if the new ticket has a lower value than you paid for your original ticket, your refund is for the lower value, Uh, which is silly. I mean, in any other retail setting, if you uh, were to buy a product and it went on sale and you brought it back, you would you would get the uh, uh, the uh, refund for the amount that you paid. Airlines, for some reason, are above that. Yeah, but it, they've they've said you've agreed to take an, a ticket that is allegedly non-refundable. Right, but then they charge you a hundred dollars for making the change. Yeah. So uh, you can't have it. I, all I'm saying is you can't have it both ways. I'm not arguing whether it's it's allowable or not or legal or not. I am suggesting that for many consumers they wouldn't understand that at the time when they bought their ticket. Yeah, I know. The whole thing is uh, pretty murky. Let's hear from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Uh, I'm curious as to whether analysis was done by the which airlines and which price uh, ranges, because um, it strikes me that uh, you pay a bargain basement price, you should be the person who doesn't get the service if, if there's a shortage. Um, 
was that done in, in looking at this, or did they just treat all airlines the same and all price paid the same? Well, I think uh, that Ken was saying that it's the lower fare classes uh, where people get penalized. But, you know, these days, even the lower fare class uh, is pretty expensive. You know, I've, um, I just booked some, uh, well in advance, some seats to Florida, and they, w- they were the lowest fare class, but way more expensive than uh, they were a few years ago. Not cheap at all. Well, I'll give you two, two examples, though, or two things to think about. Last year, my wife and I were going to Papua New Guinea. Wow, long flight. That is an expensive flight. We booked the airline tickets directly, uh, which is something that people should think about. My wife got pneumonia a couple of weeks before, couldn't go. She phoned up the airline three days before, and you know the tickets were probably I don't know eight or ten thousand dollars in total. Um, It was only two hundred dollars to cancel those tickets. If she had booked through Expedia or booked through the travel agent, etc., we would not have got any money back. So that's one thing. And, and one piece of humor, I used to travel to Sudbury years ago, and I can remember on Friday night coming back from Sudbury, and he'd be on the plane, and then the ticket people would come on and say, well, we've got somebody who's connecting to London, England. How, who would like to give up their seat? And they would start, and it was like an auction. We'll yeah. start at fifty dollars. Anybody at fifty? Anybody at seventy-five? Anybody at a hundred? And eventually, somebody would say, "Okay, for one hundred and twenty-five dollars, I'll get off the plane and wait for the next one." Four hours later. Okay. Well, that's um, that's interesting, Pat. Thanks for your call, and I'm. Thank you. I'm- I'm uh, going to ask Heather, is that, um, is that right? I was under the impression that you're most eligible for compensation if you book through a travel agent, but I guess that's uh, if the airline goes under. Uh, there, there is a, a compensation fund, so uh, if... Um if there is um, an insolvency of, a, of an agency or uh, or an end supplier, that being a, a cruise line or an air, um, or an airline, if the consumer has booked through uh, an Ontario registrant, uh, then yes, there is a compensation fund that a consumer can claim against. But uh, what our last caller was talking about, that uh, he got a better deal booking direct with the airline than, than with the travel agent. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I, 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 um, I do. Um, I don't know all the details of his particular booking. Um, certainly, um, there are many uh, advantages of booking with um, uh, an active member uh, travel agency uh, and uh, their availability to many different fairs and so um, and and, uh, and and of course all their experience that they provide uh, so i i don 't know all the particulars of of the gentleman 's booking, so uh, difficult to speak to that, uh, but certainly a, a cancellation should apply the same, um, whether that be uh, going direct to the airline or through an agency. Okay. Uh, Now, Ken, you know, you were talking about more disclosure. And as you mentioned, you know, we buy a ticket and we get four pages of, of verbiage. So what kind of disclosure do you think we should be getting? Oh, I, I think just a very clear statement of, uh, of what the rules are. Um, they can easily do the analytics to figure out what the most common reasons for uh, for canceling a, a flight would be. 
uh, on the part of the passenger. And as a consequence of that, they should have, at a minimum, uh, an FAQ that says, you know, here are our refund policies under the most common situations. That's not a difficult thing to do. Yeah, (laughs) but I think they have other reasons for not doing it. So just to recap then, uh, are you... what? Are you satisfied with these proposed uh, rules, and and what would you add to them, Ken? Uh, Well, first of all, I would add a a clause or a section that deals with disclosure uh, of of, uh, refund policies and ticket purchase policies, uh, something written in in, uh, clear English uh, as opposed to uh, legal verbiage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there has to be more explicit uh, statement of... uh, uh, lost and damaged baggage rights. Uh, I'd like to see something. Uh, I don't know if it's possible, to be honest with you, but I, ideally I would like to see something stated on uh, the related expenses uh, that one incurs when a flight is, uh, is arbitrarily cancelled, uh, whether it's due to overbooking or uh, uh, a mechanical problem that uh, the airline should have uh, taken care of. Uh, I'd also like to see something mentioned more about... Uh, uh, the rural areas, uh, I happen to be in Kingston, which has a smaller airport, and I can assure you that there are things that we uh, encounter uh, that you would not normally encounter in a Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, you mentioned cruises there, and that's an interesting thing, because I remember a case, it actually happened to a friend of mine, it got huge play, because she missed her cruise because the flight was late. And it resulted in an issue of everyone blaming everybody else, saying that the and and it was booked by the travel agent that was used by the cruise. So uh, the airline blamed the travel agent for not booking her early enough, and on and on it went. And uh, as often happens with these things, it was resolved only after a bunch of bad publicity. Uh, you know, I guess the question is, will a bill like this, you know, um, make make sure that, that that kind of thing doesn't happen. Your opinion, Ken? Well, I, you know, I think if you're going to call it a traveler's bill of rights, uh, it has to extend beyond just, uh, 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 you know, just what happens if they overbook or what happens if your uh, flight's delayed. Uh, it has to be much more all-encompassing. Uh, for example, um uh, if I get on a flight and uh, let's suppose uh, uh, my TV screen or uh, uh, headphone unit isn't working, um, do I get compensation for that? Uh, what if my seat doesn't recline all the way? Do I get compensation for that? <laughs> and, you know uh, what? I have to interrupt you because that's happened to me. And the answer is they give you a voucher for something that you absolutely cannot use. I know. It's like $15 or something ridiculous like that, too, Yeah, uh, which doesn't help you a whole lot on a four-hour flight or a three-and-a-half-hour flight. Um, there are a number of circumstances that I think uh, uh, are not, as the minister talked about it this morning at least, uh, do not seem to have come under their uh, their radar. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, Heather, is there anything you would like to see added to this? 
Um, well, certainly uh, we will be going through all the the, uh, the new regulations um, and, and and providing that'll come out on Saturday and providing some some strong feedback then. Uh, however, um, from what I can see, uh, uh, insurance. Um, uh, a mention of insurance is, uh, is, is, is certainly important and uh, a concern I know to uh, the government um, when uh, they have to uh, fly somewhere uh, to, to repatriate um, consumers. Uh, so that is, uh, talk of insurance would be um, I think beneficial as well as the addressing of, uh, of name changes. Uh, and, uh, and that is, uh, also, um, uh, a point that's, uh, raised in the EU regulations, uh, where it, it should not, uh, cost, um, ex- uh, an extravagant fee, um, for, um, a, a simple name change. And, uh, I'm, I'm not seeing that, uh, there, that was addressed. Okay, great. Thank you both, Heather Craig Petty and Ken Wong. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.